0: Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 43. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your up-close and personal connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and the upcoming Love Has Forgotten No One. This is Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. You know, we haven't been here for a while, so I have a lot to remember. But we'll talk about that as we progress. Right now, there is no better form of progress than to bring in the star of our show and ask for a warm studio welcome for the man himself. It's Gary Renard! No, please, do stand there. Hey, Gare, the crowd's going wild. <laughs> As they always do. Hey, buddy. It's great to hear your voice. You too, Gar. Really, it has been a while. We should just preface this real quickly. This is the first podcast we have done in uh, just over nine months, the, the longest we've ever uh, been without doing a podcast since we began them, uh, 40, 43 episodes ago. Uh, it was last May, early May of 2011. And uh, so now as we record this, it is 2012. And the main reason that it took so long was, well, in a nutshell, because I almost died. And uh, there was a lot, I'm laughing about it now, but, uh, I was laughing about it then actually, I'll, we we'll, we can mention that, but, uh, yeah, as most people I'm sure already know, and I, I won't go into it too much here today, but, uh, there were some serious stuff, <laughs> some serious things hit the fan back in August and, uh. Yeah, so, but but I have come through it okay, and uh, you and I have certainly spoken many times since then. Uh, you know, you've been one of my great friends throughout this whole process, as I, again, I think people already know that, but... Uh you were the guy who spread the word when this first happened back in August uh, through Facebook and through your emails and stuff and you kept everybody abreast of what was happening with me when I could not and uh, you know I, I, I'm not going to get into this because I'll start crying over here on the but uh, you know I love you so much and you are just the best friend of the world and and I cannot ever thank you enough for all that you have done starting off with that of just keeping people apprised of what was happening with me and what had occurred and all that so it, it is wonderful I know we have talked uh, quite often but this is our first time I doing it where we have recorded proof of that conversation, so it is wonderful to be here with you, buddy.
1: Well, it's great to have you back uh I'm psyched, and uh you know I remember the whole thing very well and uh when I first heard about what was going on, uh, Cindy and I were at uh, Disneyland of all places, yeah, and uh you know so uh we we kept calling you you know to find out what was going on. I remember talking to you in the hospital and even the night before your uh very major surgery. Uh, that you went through. And I must say that uh, you've handled the whole thing very well. You've you've, uh, come through it very well. You know how to practice forgiveness. Uh, You know what everything is for. And I must say you served as a real example uh, to me and to everybody uh, in going through this whole thing the way that you have. And now you're you're back. The doctors said it would be six months to a year before you were completely uh, recovered. Uh And, uh, you know, here we are recording again. So uh I think that's great and yes uh I mentioned it was last May when we did our last progress uh into the you know actually making uh the podcast was that number uh 42 was it
0: that was 42 so this is 43 i had to remind myself of that and actually check the files and see what normally i just know in my head what the number is but it's been so long i had forgotten did we do 43 or no so this is 43
1: yeah i think what happened was just a co- you know a couple of weeks after uh, we recorded that podcast, of course, did the cruise
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: to the Greek Islands, where we started off in Venice and went to the Greek Islands. And uh, neither one of us had any idea at that time that, that you had any kind of a health issue. Yeah. You know, And there was this uh, big tumor Yeah, uh, I, I... that we had no idea about. And we had a great cruise, and we did record uh, some material uh... there which people will get to hear uh... very soon
2: mm-hmm. but
1: uh... you know what we recorded then never actually got made into a podcast so we're going to use it uh... later you know as the second half of this podcast mm-hmm. or the second half of the next podcast
2: right so people
1: will actually get to see that stuff uh... from last year because it's pretty timeless and uh... then all of a sudden you know just two and a half months later uh, are going through all this and uh... It was really surprising because you seemed uh, fine and, and it seemed to come on so uh so quickly. So I think that, you know, that's a lesson to all of us how uh temporary everything is and how uh, you can't really take anything for granted. You just have to live your life, uh practice forgiveness no matter what happens. And if you do that then uh you know, it it's gonna work out the way it's supposed to work out, but your attitude is really what determines your experience of life. It's not so much what happens to you it's how you look at it, how you deal with it, whether or not you can forgive, which is what I say, you know, I just think that uh you've done a really great job and I salute you for that. Uh I understand that you're now my same age. Uh, you you just turned uh dare I say it, sixty years old.
0: Yes. That's right. And I made it I made it to, to sixty. Who knew? Who knew? You know, so it was—it was close about about not making it, but but I did. So here we am. So the the here I am. So the Holy Spirit had a certain plan in mind that involved my still being here. And uh, you know, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, when I was back in my twenties, you know, uh, my friends and relatives—they they always thought that I would be the first one to die. Huh. You know, and uh, you know now they're all dead, and I'm alive. <laughs> but uh, it just goes to show what can happen if you if you get on a spiritual path. I
0: think so. <laughs> Well, you know, one, one thing, and I, 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 again, I'm, I'm gonna write more extensively, like a, a lengthy article. Maybe a few people said, you know, you ought to write a, a, an actual book about this, because the whole experience, this, and it was a near-death experience, uh, in, in a, I won't go on too far here, but, uh, in, in a nutshell, as I've already told you, I didn't have a, an experience like the white light and the tunnels and the angels with horns playing, and I think there was a brass section. Uh, at any rate, I didn't have that. I didn't have that phenomena. But what I had was I, I, as most people probably know by now, and on August first, I collapsed entirely. I just went down like a sack of potatoes, lost all body control, uh, and and it was as a result, as it turns out, of a rather large sized tumor that caused internal bleeding, and I just bled out. Uh, obviously, things things got fixed, but while this was happening, you know, it was. Uh, I realized at that time. I said, you know. I was still aware, and I said I knew that I was either, either I had just died, because I didn't have any body consciousness like at all, it was just me, and I wasn't like hovering above the body, but I didn't feel attached to the body. And, you know, I I, as I said, either I'm dead, or I'm just about to die. Either way, I think qualifies as a near-death experience. Uh, But the one thing was, the point I wanna bring up here, we talked about the spiritual path, that having studied and practiced and worked so intimately with the Course, for, for the number of years that I have, and and you too, but we talk, you and I have spoken on the show many times, that one of the goals, one of the primary goals of the course, is a feeling of peace that cannot be disturbed by anything the world happens to present to you. So whatever the ego threatens you with, you can resp- I can see peace instead of this, and you know that. And we've talked about that, and I've always believed that to be true, and we've spoken about it. But in that moment, facing the imminency of death, I was totally at peace and I I remember thinking that at that time I said you know the course really works I said I have no fear I I wouldn't matter if I if I died if I'm moving on or if not I'm okay I'm totally at peace I knew I was not alone I knew that the, that in some manner, and I didn't, it wasn't Jesus standing next to me, but I knew I was not alone. I felt the presence of this other power that was still with me. And that literally is what sustained me until the medical people could do their miracles, their earthly miracles. But the real miracle was that shift in the perception of that now knowing. And and I thought that at the time, I said, wow, there there's a book I'm going to, because I can now at least, I can speak to people from a place of personal experience. Say that, you know, it's one thing to say you're going to become peaceful and the world can't threaten that. But I say, I was on the edge of death one way or the other. And that's usually, you would think, the most terrifying thing you could imagine. I'm just about to die. You know, I've got a lion's going to eat me or a train's going to hit me or whatever. You know, or or I'm facing a medical crisis. And people are terrified, and, and rightfully so. But I had no terror. I had no fear at all. And, you know, I've told you this, Gary. And, and it, it, it's wonderful to be able to share that and say, look, I know that's true. I was there and I've been been able to maintain that sense of peace since then. So it was really kind of a revelation for me. And, and it it is amazing. And thank God. I mean, I, I, you know, if I was reverent about A Course in Miracles before, which we all know both of us are, I am redoubled in that now. It's just, it's just incredible. So.
1: Well, that's uh, that's great, and it's a great example uh, for all of us because of the fact that you were so close uh, to death. It's almost like you were uh, straggling the line there between yeah. uh, you know life and the afterlife. And it really uh, reminded me as you were going through that, uh, and the fact that you were so peaceful because I could hear it on the phone. Yeah, you know, when I was talking to you, uh, it reminds me of the uh, song of prayer. In the Course, and it talks about how, you know, if there has been real healing, which means that, you know, if you have been practicing forgiveness uh, the way that the Course teaches it, uh, then you've been undoing your ego. The Holy Spirit has been healing your mind. And the Song of Prayer says that if there has been real healing, then uh, it describes uh, death even as a higher realm. And it says this is what death should be. And it describes a much more peaceful,
2: Mm.
1: uh, much happier, much more free way of feeling uh, when that time comes. So uh, I think that uh, what you've been through is kind of a testimony to the fact that if you do this, if if you do actually practice the Course, then when that time comes, it is a different experience, it's a better experience. Uh, Jesus will be there for you if you want Him to be, if if not uh, the Holy Spirit or whatever, but whatever you call it, uh, that is available to you at that time, and it is uh, really your own... Uh, spirit which is also shining through because as you undo the ego's spirit is more and more there as a part of your experience and uh, I just think it's really great that it had that kind of an effect on you yeah And that you've been able to go through all this uh, the way that you have and uh, you know all I can say is that uh, you know you've done a great job and uh, welcome back and uh, uh, one thing I don't want to forget to mention is that just before you know all this happened uh you had just finished uh writing your book, A Golf Horse and Miracles. Yeah. And uh you know and then it came out recently but this was well after, you know, your uh you know, whole episode there and you were at home recovering uh when the book finally came out. But uh you know, I just want to mention the book and if anybody wants to uh you know get it, uh, all they have to do is go to the recommended uh, reading page. Uh, at my website, com, and yours is at the top there.
0: Yes, and, thank you. Uh, they,
1: you know, they can just click on it, and uh, it'll go to uh, your page where they can get it. And uh, we love the book. Cindy, uh, in fact, just finished uh, reading it this week, mm-hmm. and she loved it. And so, you know, we highly recommend that uh, to anybody. It's uh, it's clever the way that you take golf and make it a metaphor for life, and take uh, these uh, golf lessons of yours, and they're of course really uh, metaphors for the truth, which is expressed through the workbook in the course. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, we had a good time.
0: And so and, so folks will know, too, because you're not a golfer and I'm not a golfer. What am I doing writing a book? But it's my co-author, Charlotte McGinnis, my dear friend, who's who's also a course teacher and, and she's also an ordained minister. She actually performed the wedding for Helen and I when we got married back in 1998. So Charlotte and I go way back as friends. And uh, she, in her work in the world, is a pro golfer, both as a player and as a teacher. She's been a golf instructor for many years as a pro so she brings the, the the actual golf knowledge i'm i'm knowledgeable i'm a big fan of golf and i used to play some back in college days but i haven't played in years and years i said as i told you other than the only time i play golf there's usually windmills and dinosaurs that are involved in, in the golf course but uh the uh which you guys just did some miniature golf recently you were telling me but anyway uh
1: yeah, actually uh and i don't know why gene but i played much better
0: oh there you go we see actually, uh, we actually
1: went miniature golfing yesterday And I was just as good as Cindy, and it's hard to do with Cindy because she will beat you at anything. (laughs) If you you play uh, ping-pong with her, forget it, you're dead. Uh, If you play pool with her, you know, it's like she's she's good at anything that she does. I, I make jokes with her, you know, is there anything else that you're good at? (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like she's good at everything. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's it's very difficult to compete with her, but I, I did pretty good. And I, I'm not saying that it's your book for sure. It
0: may have. You know, the principles of A Golf Course in Miracles served you well, young Padawan, even when you're out there on the, on the miniature golf course. I think it's very possible.
1: Yeah, and we've been having a great time here. You know, I've been taking some uh, time off, and we're not traveling as much the last couple of months. We get a couple of more months where we're really not traveling much. We just... Uh, you know, having a good time, taking the time to write, catch up on our uh, writing and communications and uh, things like that. We have gone to some uh, things here, you know, in Southern California that we can drive to where we don't have to fly, but mm-hmm. we still have a good time. Like, we went to this great town called Solvain, uh, which is really a lot like, uh, you know, going to Denmark. Ah. Uh, the architecture and the people who run the shops and everything, and, and it is a great place to shop uh, especially for Christmas, because they have a lot of unusual items, you know, so you're not giving people the same things all the time. <laughs> and uh and Solvain is just north of Santa Barbara, you yeah, well an hour north of Santa Barbara and it's just a great place. We had a great time there for a few days. And uh we've been doing things like that. You know, we've been we can go in places we just went to Universal Studios uh, a couple of weeks ago. Had a great time there. Uh they have all these uh rides and exhibits and you get to see uh you know the sets of a lot of uh, great movies
0: mm-hmm. and uh they have the Harry uh, Potter thing there
1: uh yeah they have all kinds or, of or or as
0: you New Englanders it's a Harry Potter
1: yeah. yeah yeah that's right and uh you know we've done other things we went to uh the Tonight Show with uh, oh, oh
0: yeah you told me that just recently you did how was that? i've never been to a taping of that
1: uh it's fun it's really interesting to see how they do these shows uh you know cuz you're so used to seeing them on TV and it is different being there In person. And uh, in a way, even though it's more exciting to be there in person, I actually enjoyed the show more watching it on TV. Ah. uh, The sound on TV is better when you're there in person, it sounds a little bit muffled. Yeah. Because they have, uh, you know, the whole sound is really rigged up to sound excellent or as good as it can, you know, on TV. Right, sure. And, And the band was smoking. You know, they, they have a great band, and uh, it's a lot of fun during the breaks. These horn players come up actually into the audience and they're playing uh. and everything. And uh, Jay Leno is great. He comes out before the show even, you know, starts, you know, and talks to people. He's, he's got, like, boundless energy. I, I can't see how anybody could do what he does every day. Yeah. Like, he never stops. And, and uh, you know, he's just uh, amazing. And... Uh, you know, these things have been uh, fun. Plus, I'm, I've been doing some different things. Like, I started doing uh, some counseling sessions uh, with individuals, and it's the first time I've ever done that. started a few weeks ago. I've done mm-hmm. maybe 20.
0: Yeah, talk talk about that a bit. I I had seen, as I guess most people have, uh, you, the email that you sent out announcing that something kind of new that you're doing. Uh, just if you want to, just expand a little bit on on how that works. If people have questions, well, what, what you know, what does it entail? They get a it's a, a personal session with you over the phone, and what what kind of stuff? I guess you could deal with anything, but what do you sort of focus on? Right,
1: it's it's a one hour session over the phone, uh, just me and you, me and one other person, and uh, you know, I didn't really. Uh, I hate to say this but I didn't wanna do it. You know, I, I I've never liked uh talking on the phone. I've never been a phone person. Uh when I go somewhere my cell phone is shut off. <laughs> you know, the only yeah. thing I will do is I'll listen to my messages and uh you know, if I really have to talk to somebody, then I'll call them back. And that's about the extent of my cell phone life. And uh, I never even had a cell phone until I started doing all this traveling in, uh, you know, 2004. So, uh, you know, I've never been a phone person, and I, uh, I felt guided, you know, by art in person. You know, they wanted me to do this. So it didn't take me too long to figure out that it was really for me, <laughs> you know, and that they wanted me to do this. And I, I can tell why they're doing this, because I'm, you know, involved in this process of uh, getting my books made into a TV series. And I'm gonna be a a co-executive producer, not just the creator, but a co-executive producer, the head writer, the editor of the scripts. And I'm gonna have to talk on the phone a lot. You know, and I can see that that's one of the reasons. You know, whenever they have me do things, it's for my own good. You know, it's always for my own development. It's always for, uh, you know, Gary, even the the messages in the books, uh, they're really for me first. You know and then yeah other people uh can take it and use it and uh you know have it be just as beneficial for them, but it's usually for me and uh of course when I talk to people in in this manner i I like to use the uh the psych you know psychology uh it used to be a pamphlet you know called psychotherapy purpose process and practice now it, right. in the newest edition of the course it's actually in course which it always should have been, along with uh, the Song of Prayer, because it was, you know, uh, dictated to Helen by Jesus, uh, you know, back in... uh 75, 76, yeah.
0: Area. And so now it's in the third edition of people buy the, the newest edition of A Course in Miracles from the Foundation. Uh, it's the third edition, and that includes all of those different pamphlets, including the psychotherapy purpose and practice pamphlet, which is, as you say, it's not just like for psychologists. It's amazing how the course always extends itself. It generalizes everything where it's always usable by everybody. And it's some great information in there. And that's now included... Uh, in the regular, in in the now standard version of, of the course that one might purchase.
1: That's right, and, and when Jesus uh, gave that, of course, it was first uh, meant for Helen and Bill and Ken Wapnick, because they were uh, they were therapists, I don't consider myself to be a therapist, but I do use that, and then the way it works is, uh, you know, we talk to each other, and uh, I'll ask Art and purser for guidance, and sometimes people, they can even ask specific questions, you know, for Arden Purser, and I'll give them an answer, providing that Arden Purser want to answer uh, the question. Once in a while, there'll be a time when they don't want to answer, but that happens even with me. You know, like when they appear to me in person, if I, you know, ask them a question, and they don't want to talk about it, or they don't think it's the right time uh, to be answering me, they just sit there and stare at me. Eh. Yeah, and that's, their way of saying, no, nah, we're not going to go there, you know. So it's kind of like one so, of uh, your
0: speaking engagements where the audience is just sitting there staring at you. <laughs> no, i yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what you said, as you said that, it reminded me of that's really how the Holy Spirit always works, whether it's working through another human being or through an ascended master or or just directly from the Holy Spirit. We often ask, or I know I'll, I'll ask for something, a suggestion about what should I do here? And sometimes you get the answer right away and sometimes you don't. And then the answer will come to you at the right time. But that's where that element of faith and patience comes in that you go, okay. And that's not letting anything off the hook. It's just the way it is. The answer comes at the appropriate time. And when that happens, you go, it was right that I waited. You know, I thought I wanted it right there. Give it to me now. I'm slapping my hand here. You know, I want it right this second. I want what I want when I want it. And the Holy Spirit says you'll you'll get what you need when it's the right time. And then, then it, it does. And it's the same thing in, in the situation you're describing with them.
1: Yeah, there's a statement in the Course where it says, uh, you you will be told what you need to know. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're being led one step at a time, and we're being given the information that we need for right now, because that's what's best for us, and the Holy Spirit knows what's best for us. And to me, our uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit ultimately... Uh, all the right-minded things that come to us are coming from the Holy Spirit, and then they appear to take on a form, and I've said this before on the podcast, but they have to take on some kind of a form in order for us to hear it, in order for us to be communicated to. Right. Which is why the Course says about the Holy Spirit, His is the voice for God and is therefore taken form. This form is not His reality. So the Holy Spirit's form is always a changeless spirit, which is perfect. Right. But the only difference with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit does show up in the world. It may be an idea in your mind, a voice in your mind, or an apparition like an angel or the Virgin Mary or Our Lady of Guadalupe or uh, Arden in Persa. But ultimately, it's all the Holy Spirit showing up in the world in a way that we can accept uh, and understand. And I try to use that uh, in these phone counseling sessions. So, uh, you know, I don't want to go on and on about that, but if anybody uh, wants to know about this, information about all these things, whether it's your book or uh whether it's uh the phone counseling sessions or uh I should mention uh I'm gonna be in a movie that's coming out. Ah. Uh it's a movie with uh you know some uh well you know documentary movies but this is maybe my favorite that I've been in. Uh and Neil Donald Walsh is in it, of course everybody knows him from uh Conversations with God. He's that
0: other bearded guy, right?
1: Yeah right, sure. Other
0: than uh, me, (laughs) yeah,
1: Debbie Ford's in it. I'm in it. I actually, uh, you know, as it goes on, uh, I actually get quite a bit of time. Ah. I get more time in this movie than any of the others uh, that I've done. Uh, It's an hour movie. It's called Three. Magic words, you know, and so, you know, people hear the word magic if they're into the chorus, I think it's not a good thing, but, you know, it's just a the title. Uh, these three magic words are words that you, uh, kind of like are supposed to figure out as you watch the movie based on what everybody's saying. And, uh, you know, it's only, uh, an hour, but, uh, it's, uh, very good uh the first uh 20 minutes to me are pretty standard stuff that everybody says so i wasn't that impressed with the first 20 minutes or so but then it got better and better uh the, you know the next one-third of the movie was very good and i thought the the final one-third of the movie was great i, I really loved it so
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh it, it really grows on you know, you know so you gotta you know just kind of you know the first 20 minutes you're probably gonna say well i've heard all this before you know but i think that as it gets into Uh, The spiritual stuff, going within, it gets into the the subject of God, and then it becomes really good, and then at the end, I think it's great. So, uh, you know, I would highly uh, recommend three magic words. Uh, It'll be at the part of my website that says uh, Gary's Movies. i Make sure that it's there. And I'll also include it in my uh, Mm e-news, and, uh, you know, I'll keep people abreast of what's going on uh, with the third book. I'll have an announcement uh, on that scene uh you know very soon, but uh it's kind of like um all these things if you look at the links at the top of my website uh they're all there you know it's a you know join email list uh you know recommended reading gary's movies uh personal counseling sessions, all those things are included uh in links at the top of uh, the homepage of my website so they're easy to get to and it's easy uh, for people to find out
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, all these things including Gary's podcast series which they can uh, click
0: on and it'll take them to your website the renewed Gary's podcast series. well no we never stopped it was just that we had a we had a little detour but we've managed to, uh, to work our way around it now so we're back online the boys are back right. maybe I'll play that right. somewhere in here
1: that's right. And that link will take them yeah. to uh forgiveness TV. And of course we've always made the podcast available uh for free.
2: That's right.
1: And uh it's it's uh really been a good thing. You know, people all over the world listen. Usually we're you know, in the rankings there, uh, at uh at iTunes. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh it's been a good thing for me and uh of course I've always been very grateful uh to you for, you know, having this idea to do these and I'm glad that we're back. I'm glad that we're gonna be doing them. I'm I'm sure that we'll get back to doing Uh, one a month or so,
0: yeah we we should and and we should let people know here just uh, as we kind of quickly transition here. the one reason we're not doing any uh you don't hear me shuffling papers well i I can shuffle some stuff, but uh, i don't have the questions for Gary in front of me because we have questions for Gary built in to our recording from the cruise podcast that we recorded on the last cruise that we did together so uh uh we are going to go to that in a few moments here, and we actually had quite a bit of material we're going to split it up between this podcast episode and the next one which will be episode 44 and we do promise we will get to that one let's just say a lot quicker than it took to get to this one Uh, we hope to have that one coming out fairly soon again you and I will come in you know at the moment as we are now and do our recording bringing everybody up to date and then we'll cut to that second half of the recorded material but we're going to do that on this one and also as a little bonus for folks and we'll know more about it on the next one to give you the specifics But we're going to have some of the, uh, what we do is we record on a video camera on the cruise, and that's where we take the audio track for what you'll hear coming up in a few minutes here on the podcast. And that'll have questions for Gary and other discussion and things going on. But we're also going to take excerpts from the uh from that video and actually post them as video clips on YouTube which we did on a previous cruise actually two cruises I think and everybody liked that too because then you get to kind of see you know see us in action and see the other folks that are on the cruise with us and this time we'll also have a couple of musical uh surprises coming your way as well both on YouTube as well as in the second podcast that we're going to do i think today's the clip we'll be using from the cruise ship today will be mostly just chat with you and and me and then of course with questions for Gary. So uh but it's very exciting to do that. I I again I'm I'm very sorry it took as long. We had hoped it would be out fairly soon after the cruise. Better late than never. And uh, so here it will be. And it is some fascinating stuff. We did have a wonderful time as we have had on all these cruises. Uh, this one was uh, was great. We had a lot of folks from Europe because we're in Europe. So a lot of people who, you know, for it's easier for them to get to this cruise. And so we had uh, other folks that we knew but hadn't been on a cruise with before. So it's always just a wonderful time. But uh, was, we'll have that coming up in, in just a minute or two here. That'll be fun. That was, uh, we haven't done that before to do a thing you and me where we're talking and then we say, "Oh, let's go to that recording, Gary," and we're going to turn it over to that.
1: That's right. And uh, that was a great cruise. And the people were great. They asked great questions, and it was uh, you know, work, but it was a lot of fun. Too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh starting out in uh Venice like we did. I mean, there's no place in the world like that and then the Greek islands, Santorini, uh places like that. You know, it was just uh wonderful. And uh, actually, we're not doing a cruise this year, uh, but I think probably next year we'll do a cruise. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm kind of like focusing. We're doing a retreat in Hawaii uh, in June, Uh, toward the end of June. A place called Kalani Ah. OceanSide Retreat. So, you know, people go to my schedule on the appearances page at my website. They'll see that. But that's kind of like our our substitute for the cruise this year. You know, we're doing uh, Hawaii, and then. Next year, it's possible, because this will be on one island, you know, the big island, which is fabulous, and I describe it, uh, you know, quite a bit in my announcements. I'll I'll probably send out one more announcement uh, about uh, Kalani, but uh, next year, 2013, we're considering doing a cruise to the Hawaiian Islands, Uh so we would actually be on four islands uh, on the cruise, so that's what we're looking at right now. So I think the next cruise will probably be next year, and it's we're kind of leaning toward Hawaii right now. So uh, you know that's something that we'll definitely know by the fall, and uh, we'll make an announcement about it then. But right now we're focusing on the, on the Hawaii trip and other things that we're doing, because we do have places uh, that we're going to, even though we will not be traveling as much uh, this year, and I don't think that I'll ever go back uh, to traveling You know, as much as I did before, like right here, I have a space of time like uh, a good four months where, you know, I don't have to fly
0: anywhere. Yeah, and that's the first time in in all the years since you started traveling, which has been quite a number of years ago, and you've never had a break like this. I just wanted to mention that uh, because I think uh, so folks will know that it's very... I mean, you talk about, well, we can do a few things, and I was like, well, so what? Well, for you, it's very rare to have that kind of time where you can actually just do things in the area where you live. So that that must be quite a little life change and and a lot of pressure off of you for a short time here. Uh,
1: That's right. It's been a good eight years uh, since I've had... Uh, this kind of a break. And, uh, you know, I'm getting a little more laid back here. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And, yeah, we are going to go places. You know, I'm not going to stop traveling completely. I am going to do uh, appearances and workshops. And I'm looking forward to it. I like to go to new places. We'll be going to uh, Norway for the first time Ooh. Uh, this year. And we're going back to places uh, in Europe. Uh, that we, we've always done well at. Uh, the only difference is it's not as much. You know, we'll have more time in between visits. You know, we'll take a month or two off in the summer. Uh, yeah, we'll go back in the fall. Uh, but then when the winter rolls around again, like this year, we'll take a longer break, and, and we're just going to make more time for ourselves. And uh, that way, you know, we can get to the point. There was a time when Arden and Persa told me that they wanted me to do, you know, a book every year. You know, a new book every year. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, but with all that traveling, there's so many distractions, you know, that people don't see. Uh, I just couldn't do it. You know, and I eventually found out, you know, I just can't write on the road. I just can't do it. There are way too many things going on. Uh, you know, people, they think they, well, you just go there and you appear and that's it. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. You're doing something all the time when, uh, with people, you know, when, uh, you go to these places. So, uh, you know, I'm going to still do it. And I, I'm, going to love it. I just won't be doing it as much. That way I can, you know, make time for other things. Like, uh, you know, I'm working on getting my books made into a TV series here. That's right. the thing that I'm doing during this, uh, you know, break from traveling. And, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, someone that I'm working with uh, who helps me with the writing. She'll be a co-executive producer. We're having meetings. Uh, it, it's a tough process because this is a tough sell. You know, this is not your average TV right. series this has a very radical
0: and you won't uh, you won't even have any of the kardashians in your show right so that makes it tough right there
1: no i wanted uh you know i wanted uh, kim kardashian to play uh mary magdalene ah.
0: <laughs> but uh
1: you know she didn't think it was classy enough
0: <laughs> all that dirt and those sandals and everything it's a mess you know <laughs> that's,
1: right. that's right but uh yeah we're going to use actually our plan and, of course, we're going to have to contend with uh, production companies and networks right. and things like that. But our idea is, for the most part, to have actors who are pretty unknown Yeah. because we just think it's more believable. You know, like, uh, we'll be going back 2,000 years to the time of Jesus. Well, you know, if all of a sudden, sudden you're back, you know, 2,000 years ago and Carrot
0: Top shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, it's going to kind of like, uh, you know, break the continuity of the whole thing. It's going to... You know, we want. Uh, well, they
0: did have visions yeah. of hell back then, so maybe that would work. I don't know. <laughs> How can I say that? Poor Karen. Yeah, he could it's buy like and sell I'm, me there.
1: Yeah, it's, it, like if I'm going to see Jesus, uh, you know, I don't want it to be a celebrity who mm. I already know. Right. So I'd rather have it be someone who I don't know because it would be more believable to me. And I think that that's the way it is with most of the characters who are going to be in the different time periods. Of course, we're going to have present time. Uh, but there's also a thousand years ago with the Indians and Cahokia. There's a hundred years from now, right. Arthur Perser in their final lifetime in Chicago. And I just think that uh, if we can find, and we are actually, you know, we've been going through shots and resumes, and uh, we're going to do a, a teaser, and just a you know, yeah. thirty second type, one minute teaser uh, for the show, so that we can show it to production companies when we give them our pitch, because we got all the written material that we need, but we, we just want to complement it uh, with some other things. My only question, Gary,
0: when you're doing the casting, are, are you and I still going to wear togas when we play Thomas and Thaddeus in the old days?
1: <laughs> well, I'm not going to act in the uh, in the series. That's Maybe, been our
0: long goal for a long time.
1: Uh, well, uh, I'm, we're going to have somebody else uh, play Gary. In fact, uh, I, I even have someone in mind, and he's not famous, but he's an, an experienced actor. Uh-huh and uh he looks the part and that's kind of like what we're going for people who have experience who are good actors right, but are right. not famous yet yeah and uh well when you do
0: the indian mound on Cahokia, maybe i can come in as the bandito you know be a period <laughs> piece it <laughs> might work out so
1: hey that would work yeah
0: we don't need no stinking ego you know so we can work that <laughs> out i haven't done that for a long time that's a great idea
1: that really is hey uh yeah if if you want to play sarius
0: you know, okay. Uh, Let me know. I probably look. I haven't. I haven't worn a toga in a few lifetimes, but I can probably. But I have sandals, so we're halfway there. Well, listen, we're going to we're going to I know we're going to go we're going to go to see, we're going to go into the past, Gary, even though there is no past, but uh we're going to re- revisit the symbols of the past in a, in our recording here, and uh we will have as we said further conversation. Um you know, as I say this, I you know, I haven't reviewed this just before we do this. I'll be editing that recording material back into this in a moment, you know, in a while, but well, not a moment, but it'll be soon. Uh but uh, so I don't really know what we're going to hear right away. <laughs> so I can't really introduce it and say, oh, you'll hear us discussing this. I don't know what we talked about, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. Uh, and we'll pick it up from there. And I know we did have questions for Gary that will be in this part of the part one of our podcast at sea. And then, of course, as we said, the rest of the recording will show up in our next podcast episode, which will be soon. We do promise you that. And uh, so we will get to that. Um, anything to to quickly wrap up this segment of our podcast? We're not saying goodbye as we usually would at the end of a show because we're gonna the show will go on here. But we're just gonna uh, you know drop off the line here while we go to our recorded version of what we recorded back on the cruise in the Mediterranean back during May's uh, podcast at sea recording. So uh, uh, until then, and then we will follow up on our conversation in our next podcast soon to come.
1: Yeah, I think that. Uh... You know, it was great what we did on the cruise. Uh, the questions are good. And, uh, of course, it's always fun working with you. People get uh-huh. some of that as well. And uh, that'll be like the second half of this podcast. We'll do the same thing next time. There'll, as you said, there'll be a couple of musical surprises, including uh, YouTube, one of which I think is really uh, significant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I, I'm not going to give anything away about that. Well, I'll wait until it's on there. Then we can tell people about it the next time. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm... Um, I think that uh this is a good way to do it. That way we get to include uh the material from the crew as well. And uh hey, I just want to thank you for uh for doing this and for coming back and uh
2: uh-huh. you know,
1: and, uh, you know, people don't see the work that you do on these podcasts because it takes editing, uh, it takes recording, it takes time. And uh you know, and you do it for free. Uh, well, at least, you know, we don't charge anybody. Yeah. And it's like, uh, hey, you know, uh This is something where you put more time into it than I do, because all I have to do is show up for half an hour and talk. But then you take time, much more time than that, to put this whole thing together and to make it available. Uh, to people, you know, so I, I really thank you for doing
0: that. Well, my pleasure. And and you know, as we say, they're free. This way, we can happily offer our money back guarantee, as we have always done, Gary and I have always said. Anyone who is unhappy with the, with one of our podcasts, we will cheerfully refund every penny that was ever spent on listening to a podcast. So that's right. <laughs> so we have we can make that guarantee with complete confidence. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll come in. I'll, at the end of this, after I recorded part, just so folks at home will know, I'll come back in with a little wrap up at the end uh, and give out those. Uh, your, your uh, uh, the web addresses and things as well. Although Gary's is easy to remember, you know he named it himself. It's GaryRenard.com and that is a font of knowledge and information, including links. Go to that recommended reading page. I love it that you put the book on there. And you have a lot of other really good books too, including Mikey's. We want to say hi to our buddy Mikey? With Dude, Where's My Jesus Fish? Another really cool book that we both like a lot. And uh, you have the link for that as well as many other quality publications people can check out. But A Golf Course in Miracles proud. Displayed on that book, and uh, the link will be at Gary's thing, and I'll talk more about that later on. So, thank you so much for that, buddy. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to get into a lot of my sort of sentimental chat here; it it, uh, it would just take over the whole next hour. Uh, I, have, I have so much to say to people and so much gratitude to express. For, and, and we haven't even talked about people helping us in very material ways through this time of, of, of crisis. So I, we'll talk about that maybe on the next one a little bit. Uh, maybe I'll mention some of that in the wrap-up and, and whatever. But just so folks will know, the, the I mean, our hearts are overflowing, Helen and I, with, with gratitude and with the expressions of love that we have received from so many people. It, you know, it's really true. When, when something like a crisis like this happens in your life, it if nothing else and there's so much that came out of this but if nothing else it really gives you a renewed perspective on who the people are that love you in this world and and that you love and that shared thing and and you know we've we've talked about it about our cruises you'll get to hear some of it now that we you know the the group of people that we've traveled with is just a small sampling of the greater number of people that we talk to in these podcasts and that read your books and and hear stuff that we both do um and it's just such a wonderful, loving group. And I don't know if it's because, of course, in miracles attracts like-minded people, but everyone is so supportive, so loving, so giving. You know, and that's just, that's not just lip service by any means. I mean, it really, really is profound. And, and, uh, this has really just taken it to a whole new level of experience for me this whole last six months or so. So, uh, yeah, I, I won't go on any further right now, but, but I will speak and, and maybe write a bit more about this that, uh, cause I really want everyone to know how, how deeply we feel this. And to you, buddy, I, you know, so, Folks will know we don't just pal around on these shows, but you know, you are, as I've said, one of my closest friends ever in my life, and and you were just, you know, the rock for us in the middle of this, in, in terms of supporting us and 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 spreading the word, and just always being there for me and for Helen and I together, and uh, I, I, you know, I love you, you and Cindy both. I can never thank you enough for just being the the friend that you have been and continue to be. So anyway, enough weepage, <laughs> but it's all true. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: Thanks, thanks, Gene. I really appreciate that, and I'm, you know, happy for you, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're coming back from all this, and, uh, you know, I'll be stronger because of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about the things that are happening. There are new things, you know, that are happening uh, for me, and in the long run, I, I can see things being better than ever. So. I'm excited about that. It's a transition for me to take so much time off. Sometimes I don't feel like I can talk, you know, because it's before. (laughs) I talking all the time. Then I'll go weeks all without really talking very much. But uh, that's okay, you know, because you get used to doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I am kind of like getting back to being a writer. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good move because uh, I know how important books are to people. Oh, yeah. Even though this one seems to take forever, it's not always going to be that way. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and all these other things that are happening. And, uh, you know, good times are coming. So uh, it's great to be back with you uh, on our podcast. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, God bless you and all of our
0: listeners. Well, thank you, buddy. Thanks so much. Okay, I will be back with a wrap-up after we take a little trip a trip through time and across the sea because once again it is time i don't even know what number podcast at sea this is gary but we're going there together stand by here comes the horn it's time for the gary renard podcast at sea (laughs) we do need to do an official beginning welcome to the gary renard podcast And I think we can have a round of applause because it is the Gary Renard Podcast at Sea! We have it all today. It's all waiting for us. And, you know, normally I come in and I say a couple of corny things at the beginning of a podcast. Today will be no exception. But before we say anything else, let's have one more round of applause, because this time we can do it for real. For the real star of our show, let's welcome Gary Renaud! Gary, how does it feel to have that with a real audience instead of my usual corny canned audience?
1: I feel it's really good, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: because I, for a moment I thought you had be- that you thought I had betrayed you, and I was going to say,
2: it "Is it me, Gary? Is it me, Gary?" <laughs>
0: Well, here we are. This is, I believe it's our third podcast at sea, right? The third time we've done this. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Last yeah, one was really great. But we've never before done it from the Mediterranean Sea.
1: That's true. Yes. Uh, as we do this, we're coming into uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, like a place that anybody in the world would love to go to. And uh, very privileged to be here doing it.
0: And it's a first. And yeah, they say Santorini may be. They say the location of the lost city of Atlantis. It's possible. So uh, that will, we're all going to explore that later. That's a possibility. Anything's possible. Anything could happen. You know? But These cruises are great. We always have a wonderful time. For the folks listening to our podcast or perhaps seeing clips of this on YouTube later on, you get a little slice of what it's like to be here with the crowd. We have a wonderful group of people with us. And these cruises are just so wonderful. They really are not only the great content that Gary provides, but just the fun that we all have. I mean, at dinner and in the pubs and bars and and walking ashore, we just always seem to be running into each other and having a great time together. So it really is terrific. And it makes doing a podcast that much more fun and more intimate with our friends
1: absolutely and uh, the group of people that we have here I mean we've always had really good loving groups of people but uh, this time I just feel it more you know with the friends oh, that we're with that group, I just oh, feel
2: yeah.
1: uh, and the places that we get to go to of course you know you start often in, in Venice that's not too hard to take and uh, to get to go to these Greek islands I mean you know it, it's a tough job but somebody has to do it man. and uh, I just feel really good about this crew. So does Cindy. Uh, we'll have Cindy come up in a little while so people can uh, can see her and and listen to her. But yeah, uh, you know, this is uh, this is a real
0: blast. It really is. Yeah, you were saying that last night at dinner that you actually feel more of an emotional connection with everybody on, for for whatever reason. We've always felt that, but this time it seems uh, to be even stronger than usual. So yeah, maybe it's the being near Atlantis. There's some ancient energy that's. Bringing us all closer together It could be plus, uh, you
1: know, Cindy really organized uh, This trip uh, for the first time. Uh, She actually became my booking agent last year And so uh, aside from doing music together, and and for those of you who don't know, we have a music CD that is available through our websites and uh, Just the fact that she organized the whole thing, uh, I think has a lot to do with it, too
0: Cindy, you're just wonderful. What <laughs> the Cindy Admiration Society <laughs> You know, this, this, this guys have been putting a lot of work into the behind the scenes. Meeting with people and hoping to try to attempt to not have the announcements come in over the sound system while we're recording this. We'll see how well that worked out. I assure you, though, if it, if, <laughs> if it does come in, it's not her fault. She did everything. She there, See, there's no guilt. There is no guilt in any of this. Speaking of guilt-free, we have been talking about A Course in Miracles and, of course, Gary's wonderful books that are so illuminating on the subject of the course. And I wondered if you had any thoughts to open up the... I know you've been speaking through the week here with everybody, uh, but for the folks listening in podcast land, uh, any thoughts about that, how, how this type of a gathering and perhaps even the kind of location that we're in here, this part of the world, how that ties in with some of the presentations that you bring out from the course? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm (laughs) sure they just run that past you and see. As we told everybody here before we started, so you'll know, Gary and I never rehearse our podcasts. We always say that. It's absolutely true. And today we have proof of that. So we have no idea what we're doing. But it always works. And I I like that. People always say they like that it seems very natural, our conversations, and that's because they are. We have totally not prepared anything. But it always seems to flow very well, and uh, this one is as well.
1: Yeah. And uh, my feeling about the course is that uh, no matter where we go, because we've been going to a lot of different countries. Uh, this is actually our second time in Greece in two years. And uh, with the book in 20 languages, uh, I actually spend just as much time in other countries now as I do in America. In fact, I'm better known in some other countries than I am uh, in America. And it, it's exciting to see the Course uh, get to new places, you know, like uh, it was just released, The Course in Miracles, last year in uh, Norway, for example. And uh, it turned out that my book was released at pretty much the same time, you know, the first book, The Disappearance of the Universe. So people are reading it, it kind of like as an introduction to the Course, and that's happening uh, in a lot of countries. And uh, what we find is that no matter where we go, uh, the people are all the same. You know, like we have people from 13 countries represented here uh, in this group, and they're all the same, you know, these loving, wonderful, beautiful people that we get to meet every week. And uh, it doesn't matter where you go. You know, it could be Greece, it could be, uh, you know, I've been to Japan, it could be Australia, it could be uh, any of the continents. And uh, the people who are attracted to A Course in Miracles, as well as my books, uh, they're just these really loving people. So uh, that's the sense that I get here is that, uh, you know, no matter where you go, uh, it's all going to be the same.
0: You've had such a unique opportunity in your travels to really meet, uh, not only meet the people, but actually be in those cultures when you travel around. And uh, yeah, that does seem to, now I don't know, is that a course thing? I mean, some of it is probably just people are people wherever you go in the world. But I think within the course community, there's a like-mindedness. We've certainly seen that on the cruises. Everybody, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we do anyway. uh, But everybody is really so kind of loving and and helpful and nice. And I think that's just really the thought system that the Course provides, is always, how can I be helpful? How can I bring peace to anyone, whether I know them or not? If it's a stranger, what can I do to, you know? And it's not being holier than thou or anything. It's just a nice way to be that is always helpful. And, of course, people, when we're all together, of course, it's just, we just embody that, it seems like. Again, very natural. You just, after a while, you don't even have to think about it.
1: Uh, that's true. Yeah. And uh, also, I find that uh, not, you know, to uh, make my books out to be anything special, but they are contributing to people understanding the course quicker when they start to do it. Uh, in America, uh, my book came out about eight years ago. And people have been studying the course for almost 30 years at that point. And there was a lot of misunderstanding about it. And uh, I think that uh, the dispersing Universe Acts as a real clarification for the course. But in these new countries, uh, a lot of people are reading the dispersing Universe right at the beginning when they start studying uh, the course. And it's really helping to accelerate uh, people's understanding of it. And uh, I was saying here yesterday that I think that um, this generation, of course, students are going to pick up the course a lot quicker than the first generation. Of course, a lot of it is because of the work that was done by the first uh, generation, but they were brought up with these movies you know, like The Matrix and, and, you know, the the Holodeck on Star Trek and all that, and uh, the idea that this world is an illusion and that it's not reality is a lot more comfortable to them because they've been brought up with ideas uh, like that. And they know that that the technologies exist to actually uh, pretty much prove that what we're seeing is not true. So uh, I just think it's exciting that you have another generation of core students who are picking it up so fast and are going to get it and really spread it all over the world.
0: You know, it's interesting, too. It's not. It doesn't seem to be the result of having studied this kind of material, necessarily, that lets people be more open to it. That, of course, does. But even people who have not studied it, as you said, there seems to be like a collective consciousness, and people are just more open to something now than something that 20 or 30 years ago would have been science fiction, even in technology. The cell phones and GPS and internet and everything that we do every day we don't question it, it just seems natural and again, it would have been something out of a Twilight Zone episode 20 or 30 years ago, it would have been unheard of, uh, Star Trek, the communicators what we have now is <laughs> more advanced than what they were using in the old show So, and, and no one questions that and spiritually it's the same thing when you talk about the non-reality of the universe most people don't get the completely glazed look in their eye right away, where that would have been the case before. People would say, said, what do you mean? Look how solid this is. But people are much more open to the fact that maybe it's not. They're at least open to questioning it. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. true. Uh, the public consciousness has definitely changed. Uh, when I was a kid, people used to say, hey, he only lived <laughs> you only live once. I don't hear anybody say that anymore. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, you yeah, it, it's just amazing to me how much the world has changed uh, in my lifetime. Like, when I graduated from high school, uh, there was no such thing as a microwave oven, you know. There was no such thing as a, a cell phone. Uh, they hadn't even invented the 8-track yet, no? much less uh, CDs. We had no cable TV. You know, we had uh, absolutely none of these things that we have today. And uh, I wasn't even into spirituality when I graduated from high school. And uh, even 10 years later was when I, I really got started. So I was a good 28 years old before I even became interested in spirituality. So uh, it's never too late. You know, I, I know people who start studying Course in Miracles when they're in their 70s. And uh, you know, it's never too late to make major progress uh, on your spiritual path. And uh, you never know what direction people are going in. So uh, I think it's best to just trust you know you have to trust the Holy Spirit uh, to lead people. It's not our responsibility uh, to teach others. Uh, you know uh, we can certainly help if they're interested. but uh, our job really is to do our forgiveness work you know, to do our part. Uh, it's like A course miracle says, uh, the sole responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself, and uh, when it comes to the atonement, you could think of that. It's kind of like at-one-ment. You know, it's kind of like the goal. You know, it's where we're all going. We're all going to be at one. And uh, our sole responsibility is to accept that for ourselves. Then the Course also says that the means of the atonement is forgiveness. So if that's our sole responsibility, to accept the atonement for ourselves, and if the means of the atonement is forgiveness, then that means that our sole responsibility in this whole thing is simply to practice forgiveness. And if, if we do that, than we're doing our job, and uh, the rest will take care of itself because that's the Holy Spirit's job.
0: It's interesting, too, how you uh, the, the one point is. Uh, Unlike, I guess, a lot of religions, generally, have always sort of uh, promoted their own activities. And uh, religions, to some extent, are organizations. Uh, Some, you could say, businesses. But in many cases, certainly, it's an organized group that needs to continually expand and bring in new people to stay in business or at least to remain active. Well, this is nothing like that. This is not a matter of going out and converting anybody or convincing anybody. As you said, if someone's interested, you're happy to share. But if they're not, that's fine, too. And I think part of that is that non-judgmentalism that the course always talks about. Uh, We can make decisions about things and say, well, it'd be fun to talk about this with this guy over here. But that's not making a judgment where I have to tell him. I have to make him understand. And it's a subtle but very key difference. And that's certainly something that you talk about a lot. And that the course, it's really the backbone of the course, is that that non-judgmentalism, that one step back, that one bit of removal. Right.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think part of the uh, non-judgmentalism is that it's okay to have a good time, you know, yeah. in, in we're not judging other people if they have a good time. Uh, but one thing I noticed about A Course in Miracles people is like, well, uh, like the other night in Venice, uh, there were the seven of us, Jean uh, and Helen, Cindy and I, uh, Andre and Tom and uh, Joe, and I called us the Magnificent Seven, and uh, we were you know, tromping all over Venice, and just having a great time. We were laughing so hard that other people were like looking at us, almost like they were annoyed. You know, it's like, you know, why are they so happy? <laughs> and uh, we sat, see, at the dining room too on, on the cruises. Like our section, everybody's so happy and laughing and everything, and the other people were like, huh. Why are they happy? And uh, I think a a lot of it is just you get that you're not guilty, and that it's okay to have a good time. It's okay to have fun. And uh, the Course is a very freeing kind of a thing uh, because it kind of like lets you off the hook in the sense that uh, as long as you forgive others, you're going to feel it in yourself. But the best way to feel that is by giving it away, by giving it to others you know, by seeing the innocence in others, by seeing spirit uh, everywhere uh, through the practice of the kind of forgiveness that is coming from a place of cause rather than effect, which means that now we're forgiving people because, you know, we really made this whole thing up, and so we don't have to be victims of it. Uh, There's no power in being a victim, you know, but there's plenty of power in seeing it as though it's coming from you and just changing your mind about it, and forgiving people not because they've really done something, but because they haven't, haven't really done anything, you know, because we're the ones that made them up in the first place. And by forgiving them and then overlooking the body and seeing them, as, and when I say seeing, you know, spiritual sight is the way that you think. You know, so uh, you see them as they really are, as the Course of Miracles puts it. As you see him, you will see yourself. And by doing that, you're letting them off the hook. You're letting yourself off the hook, and everybody's free. So uh, it's really a great way to go through life, you know, practicing forgiveness. And uh, also, you don't have to be responsible for your decisions. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And you can just kind of, like, be guided. And uh, by doing so, you can be led to things that will be helpful uh, to all people. As the Course puts it, I am here only to be truly helpful. You know, I am here to represent him who sent me. You know, I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. You know, and uh, it's very simple, and it's very freeing, and it's very satisfying.
0: We've talked before, and maybe we can expand a bit here, too, about how that never fails. when, when you, Because you, essentially, it's all we need to do is be willing. We say we did, we, the Course says you need to do nothing, but we need be willing. And that's really a state. It's not an action. You don't do anything. You just be willing. And the willingness is to let the Holy Spirit make all the decisions, to literally guide you in every way. And we've talked a couple of times before about how that never seems to fail. It may not happen exactly immediately. It may take some time as we perceive it. We say, you know, what's the right thing to do here? And I'm, I'm getting nothing. But if you wait patiently and if you're willing, and the willingness doesn't waver, because I think that's the ego saying, oh, see, you didn't get your answer right away. Uh, don't do that. You know, but if you say, no, nope, I'm going to remain willing, I, we have never found it to ever fail it 's it's, it's sooner or later, and it 's usually sooner, and the more you do it the, the sooner it gets yeah. uh, and and, it, and you get that answer often immediately or very you get it when you need it though if you need if it 's a critical decision it 'll be there right away If it can wait and, and if you are willing to wait, it may take a little longer, but that 's the right timing too so there 's that acceptance that 's part of it, but we 've never seen it to fail it 's never been an empty promise right
1: yeah that 's for sure because um I mean, there's no way that I could have done anything uh, that I've done if it was my idea because it just wouldn't have worked. And, uh, you know, it's only through, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit that any of this uh, has been able to happen. Uh, you know, Gene helped me with the podcast as a good example. Uh, I think it was about what, two and a half years ago. Now, Gene said, you know, you should do a podcast. And to show you what a techie I am, uh, I said, what's that? You know, and, uh, and it's like, uh, it, it, this is all his idea, and uh, which I believe is guided by the Holy Spirit. And I, yeah, I, I kind of grudgingly went along at first, but then we had the idea, well, let's do it together, which is good, because most podcasts only have one person uh, talking, so you just listen to this one person kind of like give a canned uh, kind of speech. And uh, so I went along with Gene, did this, and uh, I've been amazed at the results, because they go all over the world, and uh, I don't know how many countries listen to this podcast, but uh, it seems that wherever I go, a lot more people know me because of the podcast. You know, I went to Paris for the first time. I didn't expect anybody uh, to know me, and a lot of people knew me. I, you know, I, was, I was very well known, even places like uh, Argentina, Brazil. You know, a lot of people, even in countries that, where the main language is not English, uh, they still listen to the podcast. And uh, so I have to thank Eugene for uh, for doing this because you know, I never would have uh, thought of it. I never would have uh, done most of the things that I've done without uh, being guided in some direction by people who in turn are guided by, I think, by the Holy Spirit.
0: And, and Gary told me he was just amazed when he went to Paris and he found that the Arc de Triomphe had been renamed the Arc de Renard. <laughs> so that was, they, they welcomed you with open arms, really. <laughs> The turn of Lafayette. It was amazing. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of people from all around the world, and what did you say earlier, how many countries do we have represented with us here in this room? Oh, 13. 13. That is, this may be one of our most international gatherings that we have ever in one place at one time. But there is no location, really. Uh, but maybe we want to uh, take a few questions for Gary. What do you think of that? Uh... No, I don't think so. Okay, though. well, we'll skip that part of it today. It's interesting. Usually on our podcast, the questions for Gary are emailed in, and then I read them to Gary. Usually several years after the people have emailed them in, but we get a lot of them, so we, we do go. Through, we never have lost one. We just have delayed a few of them. But delay is part of the illusion. But today there is no delay because we're going to do some questions live from our audience. I was going to say our studio audience, but it's our cruise ship audience right here. Before we do that, let me just introduce one other person, you guys all know him, but for the folks either watching on YouTube or listening to our podcast, our dear friend Andre, who is providing the signing to accompany all that we're saying. Here, a little round of applause for Andre over there. Great, he can—he signs in Dutch, in English, in international. He's fluent in many languages. He just—he—he he staggers me with his abilities to do these kind of things. And I love it when I get to say these nice things about him, and he has to translate it into sign I'm sure he changes that, you know. Gene is blathering on about you know, how wonderful I am. But pay no attention; he is a fool. You know, <laughs> I would have no way to know. So it's yeah, totally screwed. So Andre is, is signing for for the benefit of his husband Tom, who is with us here, the first time on a cruise with us. We give him a round of applause for Tom. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And, for and I know the people's question will be, "My God, he just referred to Andre's husband. Did he just out Andre in front of the whole world?" I said, "No, no, we did that years ago. So it's nothing." <laughs> I I can only imagine what he's signing about me now. So uh, (laughs) I keep an eye on him. (laughs) So let's start off. My lovely Helen has the camera, and she's going to pan around. Who would like that? The first question for Gary here today. Let's see. Oh, boy. Shirley. <laughs> so don't call me Shirley. Shirley, there we go. We have a question right over here. I'm, I feel like Oprah now. I get to run There won't be any new car for you, but under your seat, we have a copy of not Gary and Cindy, but the other two, Cindy Lou and Gerando. We're going to see if we can get one of those. Coralie is here, and she has a question for Gary. I wonder, Gary, whether you could say something about the nighttime dreams. I remember
2: from, I think it's the Disappearance of the Universe where you spoke about how your dreams became after you started with the course. Um, my, night, my daytime dream is actually pretty fun and full of uh, peace and calm most of the time. Uh, my nighttime dreams are rather disturbing. Uh, so I'd, I would find it very helpful if you could give me some thoughts on that, thank you.
1: Yeah, uh, even though it's an individual uh, phenomenon, because, you know, we said this week that uh, the truth is the same for everybody, but the uh, curriculum is highly individualized because the ego can be very complicated. Uh, when it comes to your dreams at night, I noticed uh, oh, about a, a year after I started doing uh, the course, and I was into the workbook pretty far, that my dreams got very scary at night, except I wasn't afraid. So it was kind of weird because I would see these horrific things, you know, uh, killings, you know, murders, blood all over the place, uh, really horrific type stuff. But the strange thing about it was that even though what I was seeing was terrible, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't affected by it. It was almost like the Holy Spirit was watching it with me. and. uh this is kind of like what was going on deep in my own unconscious mind. Uh, People are not aware of the stuff that is hidden in their own unconscious mind. And dreams are a way of releasing it, of having it come to the surface and having it released. The place where that happens the most is in what I call uh, the in-between zone, Uh, that zone where you're kind of like nodding off to sleep You're not asleep yet, but you're not really awake either. You're just right at that borderland. And uh, that's where the unconscious meets the conscious. And uh, if you see images right there at that level, and I always do, uh, and if you know how to interpret them, which I do, uh, then that's the most reliable information that you can get uh, out of your unconscious mind, is when uh, the images meet the conscious and uh, you see them there. The dreams that you have in bed at night, uh, that's the same idea, it's just not quite as accurate as that uh, in between border zone. And what will happen is that the Holy Spirit will teach you uh, in your dreams uh, many different ways. You know, like I've had uh, dreams that just seemed so real and it was like, it was my life. It was like I was totally caught up in the dream and it seemed so much like reality that I was actually startled when I woke up and found out that what I was dreaming wasn't true. And uh, that was the Holy Spirit's way of telling me, well, you know, this is the same way. You yeah, you're totally convinced that this is real and that this is your life. And uh, the truth is that you're going to wake up from this also. And uh, when you wake up from this also, <laughs> you'll be just as startled to find out that none of this was true.
2: I'm finding, as I say, they're quite disturbing. But I find when I get to a state where they it's really something I can't handle. I hear myself say, "I don't have to handle this. This is a dream. I can wake up." Right. And I wake, and I wake up, and that's the end of it. But it's, it's rather, rather surprising.
1: Well, that's excellent because that's the place that you want to get to, where you, where you can realize, hey, whatever is happening here, it's not true. I don't have to be affected by it. You know, I don't have to be afraid. Uh, I can do what the Course says. I can deny the ability of anything not of God to affect me.
0: She was just saying, if I could only do that in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait but that really is, that's the perfect analogy for that. Because that's, you know, and I think what you said, I was thinking the same thing as you, as you brought that up. Because a lot of times... I'll have dreams that are they're very busy and frustrating and that you've all heard about the technical problems that I always seem to run into and I have dreams like that and I go there's no difference. When I go to sleep everything doesn't work right and then I wake up and it's the same thing. So I just wish I could wake myself from this one but there, as you said yeah, there's no difference. It is the same. It's just a different, uh, a different format of the same idea that we're always in the dream and waking from it is always going to be the same process. That's right. But
1: if you can get to the point where you are, where you can say to yourself in that dream that this is just a dream, uh, don't have to worry about it, that means that you're also going to get to that point in this dream. Uh, In fact, you're probably very close because uh, you wouldn't be doing that in your dream at night if you weren't going to do it in this dream. So I think you're making uh,
0: really great progress on that. We have more questions for Gary recorded during our podcast at sea and we'll be getting to those in our next episode of the Gary Renard podcast, which will be coming up very soon. We promise we really do. As we spoke about earlier. Our regular podcast series had been delayed for quite a while, primarily due to my rather intensive medical crisis of last summer. I'm doing much better now, as we spoke about, and that's thanks to some uh, major earthly miracles provided primarily by the Holy Spirit, starting it off, and then, of course, from Gary, as we said, and without question, from my lovely wife, Helen, who's who's really my angel and certainly showed it <laughs> throughout this entire thing. And also from so many of you who have massively helped us out with your love, prayers, and with your really generous donations going towards assisting with our medical bills. And, uh, you know, we simply could not have survived this experience without you. And our love and gratitude for all of you is, is just beyond anything I can say. I'll be writing more about that, more details about all of this very soon. I'll be posting it at Forgiveness.tv. So please check that website regularly to see any updated material as it comes in, which it'll be doing, you know, in in the near future here. As Gary mentioned earlier so kindly, you can also check out my book, A Golf Course in Miracles, at Forgiveness.tv. It's a wonderful book. I, I encourage you to buy many copies, <laughs> quite honestly. It is a terrific book. My co-author, Charlotte McGinnis, my dear friend, is a pro golfer as well as a longtime Course in Miracles instructor and student herself. And, uh, you know, the book is, is far more about the course. It's really not about golf. It honestly isn't. Golf is used as a metaphor for life and life's challenges but we talk mostly about the course and how it is so applicable to everything that we do. So please check it out, buy a copy, buy some for your friends. Really, we need the money for, but it's a good book. A Golf Course in Miracles. Check it out at forgiveness.tv as well as if you want to go directly there, go to a miracles.com. but you can also see more about that as well, listed at Gary's website. You know the one he named himself, GaryRenard.com and you can also get the latest information about everything Gary's doing, all of his His activities, his schedule, his writing, and everything that he's doing with he and Cindy together. So check out Gary, Cindy, everything going on at GaryRenard.com. But once again, I I really hope that you'll check out regularly Forgiveness.tv, not only because it's where the podcast originates from, but also because there'll be a great deal of updated material and new information being posted there during the next upcoming weeks. So please check into Forgiveness.tv whenever you can. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and released through Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of our program is copyright 2012 by Gene Bogart and Gary Renard. All rights reserved. All grievances forgiven. This is Gene Bogart thanking you so much for listening and for everything so many of you have done for Helen and I during this really remarkably challenging period of time. You know, it really is a relief to know that time is just an illusion, isn't it? But even within the illusion, our next podcast episode will be coming up very soon, as we promised. And until then, never forget something that I have now personally found to be more true even than I ever realized. And that is that whatever the situation or the question, forgiveness is always the answer.
1: Why don't you begin, uh,
0: Jean? But, uh... I I got nothing. That. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay.
1: That'll be the day when Jean Bogart has not- nothing to say. <laughs>